Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Great Old Ones Gaming Podcast. In our last episode, we took a look at some Feast of Hemlock Vale spoilers, and in part two, we're going to be taking a look at a very special spoiler indeed. If you didn't already catch it by the title of this episode, FFG was kind enough to allow us to reveal to you the backside of Hank Sampson, the survivor investigator for the Feast of Hemlock Vale. I'm your host, Nate, and with me today... I am the man from Lang, host of the Whisper in Darkness YouTube channel. I'm Innkeeper Vaisodin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn. Hey, and I'm Nathan, coming at you live uh, and proud. But without further ado, let us dive into Hank Sampson. Now, uh, as we know, Hank Sampson, uh, his cards were spoiled in the first uh, Feast of Hemlock Vale preview articles. Hank Sampson is the farmhand. He has three willpower, one intellect, five combat and three agility the assistant and warden trait you may be assigned damage and horror dealt by to ally assets or other investigators at your location and as a response when you would be defeated by damage and or horror instead heal all of your damage and or horror and swap this card with its bonded resolute version either side face up his elder sign effect is plus one and uh, he has five health and five sanity. Any thoughts on uh, basic Hank? The ability to like take damage for anyone is pretty cool. And obviously, you know, as we will discuss later on, that that very much plays into what Hank wants to be doing. Uh, so having that ability just on lockdown from the very get-go is really nice to have on on an investigator like this. Especially one with five combat. That's that's no joke in Survivor. At first look, he looks pretty fragile. But then when once you read him, it's like, oh, he probably has more health and horror than pretty much any other investigator. When you factor in that, that he flips yep. and then it, he heals everything. Yeah, and one thing that I love about Hank, too, is he can completely tank something like Beyond the Veil for an for a fellow investigator, which is just hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Or you could go through Curtain Call and just tank 99 Horror one time. Ugh, God. Just little things like that are just really, really, really funny. Chain works on the farm, really. This is not that bad. Wow. Yeah, I mean, even think of a card like Smoking Pipe, right? Where <laughs> a fellow investigator could be sitting in the room with you smoking their smoky pipe, and Hank's just like, hey, man, could you could you not, dude? That would be great. Like, no, nah, man, don't worry about it. It's good for me. <laughs> yeah, as we, think, will, like, uh, as we will see, Hank has a very Guardian-esque ability uh, on, yep. his, uh, on his basic version where he can tank uh, damage and horror for other uh, allies and investigators. And then uh, once he's taken uh, enough to, uh, to die, you will get a, uh, the second version of Hank and you have uh, two choices. So I'm curious to find out from you guys, are you trying to kill Hank as quickly as possible or are you going to try to hang on to basic Hank for a while and then have him die mid to late game rather than trying to make the switch immediately. I think it depends on how you build them. Because if, if you don't have other ways to like his combat is really good. So if you want to, if you want to just put a bunch of cards that help you get clues, 
you're pretty much set and you want to keep them like this if you're playing solo let's say try to keep them alive as long as possible and if you if you're killed and then you switch to one of his other faces cool no big deal you know but if you haven't built for investigating um i don't know do, let me see the other cards real quick no i guess they don't really help either yeah i don't know i think if you're playing solo you want to keep them alive as long as possible yeah i think to answer your question man from Langen, to kind of go on your point vase it i think it really does depend on how you plan to build hank it depends because you know as we'll see later on his other sides are really fragile it reminds me a lot of calvin in that regard Calvin wants to take damage, but he only wants to take so much damage. And then there's a point where they both, I think, to some regard, just want to stop taking damage pretty much altogether. Because Hank can't heal on his other side. He he really has to watch out. I think the biggest factor that goes into that decision is which resolute Hank are you intending to flip to? And... I, I think if you're building towards the combat-oriented one, you're probably okay with staying on base Hank for a while. But if you're trying to go for that more even spread Hank, you probably want to figure out a way to get there pretty quickly. And then I think that leads into another sub-decision where you ask yourself, well, am I trying to take an even spread of damage and horror, or am I just trying to get there as quickly as possible? Also, if you built Hank with a lot of allies... Then you're not as you're not as worried about flipping them, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can still assign. You can't be healed. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you can still assign damage to your allies. Whereas if you didn't build them with a lot of allies in mind, then you're going to hold on to that first iteration for as mm -hmm. long as possible. Because once you flip, like like Nate said, you're really fragile at that point if you don't have a way to mitigate that damage and horror. Both of you brought up the. The concept of building your deck around one of the resolute side. I don't know why, but when I think about his main ability or his main stats and then what he turns into, I think of situational. Like I would play him as his regular side with the deck built around him. And then if we see that we need more more fight power because the enemies are tough, you know, I would then go that way. But if we need more clues. You know, or I need just a little bit more dexterity. Maybe I would go the other route. So I agree that for the most part, you'd want to probably skew towards the way you've built him. But I would also say if I see that he's just really needed a, a different way, that way he'd be more of a reactive hero that you could morph into what the situation calls for. You know, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think another point, too, kind of going off Man from Link's question is what do you do with trauma? Are you trying to actively take trauma to transform even faster? Or are you trying to find ways to stave that trauma off so that you can soak up more damage for your team? Thematically, it's super cool, right? Like Hank is this investigator who jumps into the fray and he asks questions later. And his gameplay loop, I think, reinforces that mentality, which I, I think is really cool. Um, and mechanically, he has this really interesting gameplay uh, decision-making process where you you are actively thinking about which form am I going to trans, uh, transform into from game to game, which is cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, one of the reasons I, I asked the question is because uh, 
say you build your deck with the intention of playing with one or the other of Hank's uh, resolute versions, you may end up in a scenario where it's actually kind of difficult to kill yourself <laughs> the first time. He has three willpower, so he's pretty good at resisting traditional willpower treacheries. You know, if you pass some tests, taking enough horror might be an issue. And if you run into enemies, obviously he's got the five combat so he can kill them. But if you don't draw any enemies, then you're not like if you want to kill yourself, you could take a bunch of attacks of opportunity. That would certainly do it. But if you don't necessarily draw the enemies quickly enough, it might not be as easy to flip Hank as as it seems with his five and five. So once you uh, flip Hank, you have uh, the choice of uh, two bonded resolute versions. The first of those is the assistant. He's, uh, his stat line changes to three willpower, three intellect, four combat, and uh, four agility, assistant and resolute trait bonded to Hank Samson. You cannot be healed. You may be assigned damage and horror dealt to ally assets or other investigators at your location. And as a response, when one or more horror is placed on you, draw one card. His elder sign effect is plus one and you move one horror from Hank Sampson to an asset you control. He has four health and six sanity. Thoughts on the resolute or the assistant version of uh, Hank? Any investigator would kill to have that stat line. Super balanced stat line. Really mm. strong. Dark Horse is going to boost him to a godlike level. <laughs> yeah, Dark Horse seems really good yeah. in a build like this. Yeah. yeah. He also gets the ability to draw cards, which is really Huge. useful in Survivor, because they don't have a lot of ways to draw cards. They have a lot of ways to recur cards they've point. already drawn. Yeah. But if you need new cards, that's actually kind of a challenge in Survivor. You know, getting that extra couple of card draws could be pretty useful, too. Yeah. Uh, six Sanity is... It's enough. It's probably going to yeah. be enough, especially with the five that you already have on you your base You've already farm. taken, yeah. So you're really at 11. <laughs> and nine health, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's a lot. He's very tanky. But yeah. that comes with the caveat that you can't be healed once you're on your resolute side. So you have to you know, be careful with the sorts of, you know, skill tests that you're going to take. But I think it's it's interesting because Hank can kind of lean into, you know, more risky skill tests, right? He he might mm -hmm. be willing to take a, a Rotting Remains at plus one over plus two because mm -hmm. he's kind of okay with taking an extra horror so that he gets to his resolute side a little faster. Yeah. Whereas once once you're on this resolute side... Now you've you have those extra cards that you saved from those previous skill tests because you didn't commit them earlier. And having also, three intellect on a survivor is pretty good too. That is really good, and you can build around that. So what we were talking about earlier, like if you're if you built around lots of skill cards that give boost your intellect or cards that'll help you get more clues, then you can you can try and get to this sooner and. Take, leverage those those type of cards and not worry so much about combat because your first face initially you had a five combat so you were able to get by and then now in the later half of the scenario focus on getting all the clues and investigating earlier you mentioned smoking pipe i think painkillers would be great here even though mm -hmm. you can't heal the damage you can 
deliberately just take a horror just to draw cards by using the smoking pipe as a free action. I mean, not, mm-hmm. um, not smoking pipe, the painkillers. Just pop those painkillers. They don't do anything to Hank, but <laughs> he draws cards, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you combine this with the uh, Sparrow Mask, which was also uh, spoiled during the uh, Feast of Hemlock Vale preview article, you can take a horror and the uh, you can trigger both his card draw and the Sparrow Mask to get a boost on a future, mm. uh, future skill test as well. So you can double dip. Yeah, as the as someone who plays predominantly solo, this is the, uh, the the version of Hank that I was immediately drawn to. Having that stat line is pretty amazing. One of the issues you often run into when you're playing solo with survivors, they tend to have average to below average intellect, so you have to spend a lot of your deck slots just trying to get clues. Now, fortunately, survivors have plenty of ways to do that with cards like Old Key Ring and Flashlight and Look What I Found and Lucky and stuff like that. But having to build around that weakness gets kind of tiring after a while because you have to play basically the same cards in every survivor deck to make up for that that weakness. Hank, you have, I think, a few more options to explore if you were to flip fairly quickly, you could actually have a chance of just finding clues with his three intellect. So you can, exp- you know, put different cards in your deck to explore other options of Hank. And obviously having the four combat is, is fantastic. You're starting off with five, you can kill enemies. And then even when you flip, you can, you still have a pretty good chance of killing enemies and with four agility you, the ones you don't want to kill you have a pretty good chance of evading them which i tend to use a lot in uh, when i'm playing solo because evading an enemy once and getting rid of it is a lot more efficient than spending two or three actions to try to uh, to take it down as long as you can stay ahead of the enemies mm. you're in pretty good shape yeah, and I think in most cases, too, you're going to have probably Peter Sylvester or Jessica Hyde to take whatever damage you don't want to be taking. So, like, in this case, you could take little bits of horror when you want to draw some extra cards and then have Peter take whatever you don't want to. That, to me, feels really strong. So, at that point, you're really at a five agility yeah and the nice thing with peter is that say you get hit for two horror peter can take one and heal that at the end of your turn and then hank can take the other and then you're just one elder sign away from dumping that horror back on peter who will then heal it away so you can manage your uh your sanity that way and not uh, as long as you can get an elder sign and I think in a game, you know, typically you might get one or two, depending on how lucky you are. Of course, mm-hmm. if you're Nate or Vase, you're never going to see an Elder Sign. So that doesn't really work when they're playing. But Wrong, uh, wrong. Yeah, Vase explicitly plays Father Mateo so that he can guarantee one Elder Sign. At least Guaranteed, one. my friend. But it does raise an interesting question. Um, if you're not going to play Charisma, do you play peter to stave off horror that you don't want to be taking so that you can draw more cards or do you try to 
use Jessica to stave off the damage because you're more fragile in that regard. Yeah, I think it really depends on on the campaign. And and I think it depends on the campaign and whether there's a lot of treacheries that have the potential to deal damage. With Hank having, say, five combat at first and then four later on this side, I think you can either kill most enemies or evade most enemies, especially if you've got Peter adding you know, another agility. And then, of course, Hank can play the track shoes to get another to and uh, and boost his movement so you can basically stay away from the enemies so it really depends if you're if you're getting tagged by damage from treacheries that's a threat especially and of course direct damage is awful mm-hmm. for Hank that's like your worst case scenario is then you're you've got to be exceedingly careful I know he can't be healed but is there some kind of trick or workaround to clearing damage or sanity tokens through any means no i i think the only way that hank has is his signature card which we will discuss later but once the damage is on you it's it's on you you're you're kind of done for okay, well and and also that signature card um letting you move damage to an enemy you have to be engaged or you have to be in a location of an enemy if mm-hmm. treacheries are dealing this damage and there are no enemies what are you going to do Right. And you have to pull that card at the right moment. Yeah, or have the card in your hand waiting. Yeah, it's hard to make that one work. So yeah, like like Nate said, it's once it's on there, it's going to be really hard to get rid of. Yeah, I'm going to uh, spoil his backside a little bit here, but but Hank can play a card like I've had worse level two to cancel the damage before he takes it and get resources out of the deal. Mm-hmm. He can also play Ward of Protection. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to deal with a treachery, you can just cancel it outright mm-hmm. for a horror. So on this side, you know, if you're playing this version of Hank, canceling something that potentially deals damage to you for a horror is not uh, not a terrible idea. The The hard part with Hank is you're really building for two separate, completely separate play styles. Your initial face is so different so if you have something like water protection on this on this face it's great because not only do you prevent the treachery from happening you're also going to draw a card because of his ability because you're taking Mm -hmm. the horse you're drawing a card it's really good i mean water protection is always a good card so even if you have to use it on your other side but there are other cards that may not be as useful i don't know i i feel like sometimes you may be drawing more dead draws initially if you're building towards a particular side of Hank. Um, if you got cards specifically to work with one of his different sides, it's going to be really difficult er- early in the game when you're pulling cards that are not as useful. Mm-hmm. So, for example, let's say you you're gonna you're committed to playing the assistant side, where your intellect gets bumped up to three, and you get a lot of cards that help boost intellect to help you investigate. When you're on your initial side, your intellect is one. No matter how many cards you have to boost that intellect. At best, you're getting to average by boosting it, you know? Mm-hmm. So those cards are dead draws until you flip his side. So you're going to have to really figure out your strategy going into any given scenario. And going in blind, it's going to be even harder, but you have to figure out your strategy. Do you want to flip them quickly or do you want to build your deck to support that first face for a little bit as well as the second face and maybe dilute the deck a little bit, you know? It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting conundrum building for this guy 
Yeah, I, I think that leads nicely into talking about his other resolute side. Yes, Man from Ling? Yes. Uh, Hank Sampson, the warden, has four willpower, one intellect, six combat, and three agility. So our first uh, our first investigator in the game sporting a, uh, a six uh, in any stat, I believe. And uh, six combat will uh, certainly go a long way if you're fighting enemies, enemies with... Uh, average uh, fight values you're already three up before the poll so that's uh, that's not too bad uh, warden and resolute traits bonded with hank samson you cannot be healed you may be assigned damage and horror dealt to ally assets or other investigators at your location as a response when one or more damage is placed on you you gain two resources and his uh, elder sign effect is plus one move a damage from hank samson to an asset you control and his uh, health and sanity are reversed so he has six health and four sanity in this case. Thoughts on uh, on Hank the Giant Killer here? Yeah, see, initially this was the resolute version that I was drawn to. The six combat feels actually kind of necessary in Survivor. You don't have a ton of weapons that give you a large combat boost, and there aren't a ton of items uh, or other assets that give you combat boost, I think, aside from maybe Jessica. So that, I think that's really about it. Whereas, you know, guardians have things like beat cop and uh, vicious blow and all sorts of stuff to help them deal extra damage and get absurd combat boosts. Survivors have slim pickings in that regard. The fact that he has one intellect too, I think really helps to streamline the deck building process as well. It makes Hank easy to build as a monster slayer if that's what your team needs. And you could still occasionally get some clues with things like Look What I Found and Gumption, or things that could reduce your uh, shroud value to zero. And having four willpower is really big, too. Yeah, with, with having three. only four sanity, the four willpower gives him a little bit uh, of resilience against, you know, say, even a typical Rotting Remains. Mm -hmm. You're four versus three and you're likely going to be packing cards like guts at least to try to boost yourself up so you don't get you don't accidentally get tagged by three horror especially mm -hmm. if you're like early in the game and you haven't gotten have any allies set up to to potentially soak that for you yeah i agree with nate this one is definitely more streamlined as far as deck building if you're if you're playing in a team and you're going to be like the the tank and the guy that's fighting the mm -hmm the enemies then it's much easier to build a deck around this face because like like you said i mean you're already starting with a pretty good combat score on your other face so when it flips you're just getting stronger and you're just doubling down on what you've already built for which is combat mm -hmm. and well and his worst his worst combat at any point is a four yeah which is awesome mm -hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> so it's still pretty good but you know going back to the assistant one like you're probably not building that deck if you're gonna if you know you're going to the other phase the assistant phase you're not going to build that deck fully for combat whereas the warden one you more than likely are like you're mm -hmm. you're really hyper focused i think the other face is definitely better for playing solo this face is focused on beating shit with a sledgehammer <laughs> but i think you're right face um it, it does feel like this face is much more streamlined in what it wants to be doing 
Whereas the other face, uh, the assistant face, you have to be much more considerate of not only when you're going to transform, but also the way that you're going to transform and when in the game are you going to do that. But as Nathan kind of alluded to earlier is that you, you do get the flexibility for free. So depending on the scenario, you could say build your deck primarily to switch to one of the two faces, but then in certain scenarios you switch to the assistant side just to kind of help out, uh, do some extra investigation, just so the seeker doesn't have to waste their deductions and things like that early on. I, I could see, I could definitely see a world where you build for one face and then kind of switch to the other as needed. You could also do a hybrid build, right, between the two. In Spirit Island, if anyone has played that um, board game, you play as the spirits uh, fighting against the colonists that are trying to destroy the land. So it's kind of the opposite of Catan, kind of Mm -hmm. a Moana feel. And in the second, or pardon me, the first expansion for that called Jagged Earth, there is a spirit called Stars Without Form. It starts off weak, but with every ability. And as you play, you get to trim stuff away that you don't need. So if you need something that's more offensive, you trim away the utility and the defensive. And that's, that's who, when I read Hank and the, his ability to shift his stats and kind of just to what you're needing at the time, you know, aside from Man from Lang's great point of, you know, being attracted to the solo side because it's got the even stat line. I do like the fact that you always have options. You know, you're not just stuck with same stats when things go sideways and you get swarmed with creatures or if clearly even though you have a kluver or maybe the kluver dies <laughs> oops mm-hmm. um you're not you're not strung out you have options on how you can still best help your group yeah that that's a great point nathan um i, I feel like hank is one of those investigators that's going to be really rewarding for players who have a good Uh, game sense if that makes sense like a good awareness of what the team needs in the moment well let's take a look at uh, hank's deck building options which uh hopefully haven't been spoiled yet uh Hank Sampson, the farmhand, has a deck size of 35, so slightly larger than the uh, traditional deck size of 30. His uh, deck building options are survivor cards, level 0 to 5, neutral cards, level 0 to 5, up to 10 other innate and or spirit cards, level 0 to 2. His deck building requirements include uh, his uh, signatures, stout-hearted, wears paw, his uh, signature weakness, and one random basic weakness. Now, I had, uh, in my preview video for Hank Sampson, I had him pinned as a uh, survivor slash guardian. I thought he might have uh, access to survivor cards level... uh, what was it, 0 to 2, or guardian cards level 0 to 2, primarily because he does have sort of a very guardian-esque ability. Now, I did take a look at uh, some of the uh, the uh, cards that uh, he has available. As far as innate cards go, level 0 to 2, he's got in guardian, there's uh, cards like daring, which is obviously uh, pretty awesome. If you're playing with allies, you've got 
inspiring presence, and then steadfast. So those are three pretty decent skills. Right. There's also helping hand, but I think that one's a little more difficult to use and, and intrepid, which uh, I don't think sees a bunch of play. In Seeker, he has uh, Curiosity, Eureka, of course, which is a pretty amazing card. Fae, uh, level one, which is a curse card. So Hank's probably not playing with that. And then, of course, you've got Inquiring Mind. So if there's a skill, if there's a clue at your location, there's three wild skill icons, which is uh, pretty awesome. In Rogue, there's Cunning, Manual Dexterity, level two, Nimble, both levels of Opportunist, Quick Thinking, and Savant. Obviously, the, the strong one here is quick thinking, so he can get some extra actions, but uh, Savant, uh, level one in uh, the balanced tank, that's uh, three extra wild skill icons for a total of four, which is uh, pretty hard to, uh, to turn your nose up at. Mystic cards, there is Accursed, which is one of the cards that was spoiled for the Feast of Hemlock Vale. It just happened to be up on Arkham DB. I believe that deals with curse tokens, so Hank's probably not all that interested in that. There's both levels of Defiance, again, probably not playing those. There's Fearless, which I believe heals horror, so he's not playing those. Uh, Ghastly Possession plays around is from uh, the Scarlet Keys and plays around with Doom. He's probably not playing that. And then there's Guts Level 2, which uh, if you are concerned about passing willpower skill tests, uh, that could definitely be uh, a big boon. So as far as innate cards go, there aren't, I mean, I think most, if not all of them are skills so the ones that really stand out to me are like Daring and Steadfast, Inquiring Mind, Quick Thinking, and uh, Savant and Guts Level 2. And then, of course, you've got all the... There are many, uh, many innate cards that are survivor cards, but he gets those anyway. So Yeah, I think the one most interesting to talk about is Savant. What's really interesting about that card is it's kind of only okay on his base form, and it's only okay if you plan to stick mostly on the warden side but man oh man if you plan to play the assistant side savant becomes absolutely amazing so it, it makes hank really interesting to build for because cards like that become vastly more important depending on what side you're you're planning to build for yeah i mean and you've got a card like eureka as well which is I mean, it's one of the best seeker cards in the game, and the fact that Hank can commit that and then search his deck for something. I mean, at that point, you could almost even get away without having to play, uh, you know, that weapon tutor. There are some very strong skills with the innate, with the innate trait, but uh, there aren't a great uh, many of them in Guardian, Seeker, Rogue, or Mystic that... Uh, that uh, Hank will be all that interested in. Hank also gets spirit cards level 0 to 2, most of which are guardian cards, which we will uh, look at in a second. There is one seeker card with the spirit trait, that's Ghastly Revelation, which Hank won't be playing. That's the one where you can basically be defeated and drop all your clues and I, I could see a situation where you play that, right? It's like, if you're already going to die, you have no way of healing anyway, you're like, yeah, screw it. And you take the trauma, and it's like, 
taking trauma might play into your game plan. I don't, I don't know. I, I could see it. I wouldn't be like super excited about it, but I could I could definitely see a situation where you might because you're trying to like actively take drama so that you can maybe play desperate cards and you're right. playing like desperate cards and this and you're trying to always like kind of have that engine online. Yeah, Hank is definitely interested in the uh, the desperate suite of skills from uh, Echoes of the Past that were reprinted in the Paths of Carcosa Investigator expansion because you can trigger that pretty damn quickly if you only have either four health or four uh, four sanity. In Rogue, we have I'm Out of Here, which is uh, an interesting option. There are certain scenarios that are completely nerfed by I'm Out of Here, so that might be something worth considering if if you uh, need to resign. Reastrat is a curse card, probably not in uh, Hank's wheelhouse. There are a couple in Mystic. There are uh, both levels of Eldritch Inspiration. Hank's probably not interested in those. Meditative Trance, I believe, heals, which he won't be playing. Uncage the Soul. Uh, Hank's not playing any spells, so that's probably not happening either. Uh, Winds of Power as Charges. He's probably not worried about that. And then, of course, you've got uh, Warder Protection level 0 and level 2, which... Uh, Warder Protection is one of the best cards in the game. You do have to take a horror, so you may not want to be playing that if you're planning on going the uh, six combat version of Hank, but uh, if you're playing the other version, taking a horror in order to either prevent a treachery that is going to, to hurt you or prevent a treachery that's going to hurt other players at the table isn't a bad option. As far as uh, the Guardian Spirit cards, there are a whole bunch of uh, very good ones that uh, Hank is interested in. Uh, you've got uh, Get Behind Me, which was released in the Edge of the Earth. You've got Get Over Here if you need to engage enemies, uh, both versions of that. Uh, there's I'll See You in Hell if you want to take some trauma. There's I've Had Worse Level 2, which allows you to cancel damage and horror before you take it and gain resources, which is really good. Let Me Handle This lets him pull enemies and take treacheries from other players if necessary. There's a bunch of uh, combat options in like Clean Them Out, Counterpunch, Counterpunch Level 2. Uh, we've got some duds like Heroic Rescue and Mano a Mano, probably not playing those. But uh, you've got Monster Slayer, so if you want to do a bunch of damage. And you've got Stand Together, which is very good in, uh, mm -hmm. in multiplayer. And Sweeping Kick, which uh, lets Hank add his agility to his combat skill value, deal a bonus damage, and uh, evade an enemy. So uh, some pretty attractive cards uh, in the spirit level zero to two guardian pile for for Hank to play around with. Yeah, I think toe to toe would be another good option for him. You know, if you want to proc a, a damage and then also get a free a free attack on an enemy, that seems pretty good. The spirit trait feels very complementary to what Hank wants to be doing. I think on both sides. Yeah, one card that really interests me is Delay the Inevitable. I like how that card interacts with his his resolute sides. And then he can, he can also go into like a support role where he plays things like a Test of Will and Word of Protection to kind of stave off threats from the Mythos. 
But now that we know all of what Hank is about, uh, I'm curious what you guys think are Hank cards. Like, what cards speak to you as, you know, these are cards I'm going to include in pretty much all of my Hank decks. Ooh. For me, it's allies. I like allies. I mean, the list of spirit and (laughs) innate and spirit cards that meant from Langred, there's so many good ones. I mean, it really depends. It's like Nathan said earlier. He's so versatile in how you can build them that there's no, like, one card that's like, oh, this is definitely a hand card. It's like, it really depends on how you build them. Yeah, I think the the cards he has access to give him basically everything he needs, especially if you're playing him as a fighter. You've got cards like Get Over Here to engage enemies off of other investigators or engage enemies that are far away from you he's got damage mitigation and i've had worse he's got an ability to protect the group and let me handle this if you need a little bit more combat than just having a a pure six you've got cards like counter punch and and one two punch where you can really dish out a lot of damage in a short amount of time and then cards like sweeping kick as well is pretty good for him I mean, you're not going to miss all that often if you're sweeping, kicking something. Mm-mm. And if you're able to say, if if you're playing multiplayer and you can sweep and kick a boss, chances are Hank is going to hit the boss and then automatically evade it as well. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else can pile on and, and attack without too much worry of, uh, of being uh, retaliated against is pretty nice. Yeah, I, I'm even looking at an option like Brute Force in Hank. I know it's not the most exciting card, but survivors don't have a ton of way of dealing three damage in a single shot, and Brute Force seems really appealing to Hank with uh, potentially six combat. You know, he could go upwards to an eight or a nine and then uh, smack something for three damage. That seems pretty useful. Yeah, and even cards like Cherish Keepsake, Improvised Shield, and uh, Leather Coat to kind of help him soak up damage in the late game seem pretty useful as well. Vase, you had mentioned Eucatastrophe earlier. Yeah, um, that I mean, he, he needs... Obviously, Eucatastrophe is a great card for any investigator who has a great Elder Sign ability, but he, he really needs it. He's uh, Especially once he flips, like getting that Elder Sign is the way to heal. It's the one of the only ways to heal, really. And you got the, his his uh, signature card, but that's not always super useful, or it may come out at the wrong time. So, really, you catastrophe is a way to like prevent that last bit of you know, uh oh, type of thing. I really, I really think that's the that's a key card once he gets enough experience for him. Yeah, and we've. I'm sure. I mean, these are just cards that we have currently available. I'm. I'm actually kind of surprised he has full access to the the survivor card pool. I thought they would maybe limit him a little bit, but he has access to every survivor card, and then plus all the survivor cards that are going to be in Feast of Hemlock Vale. So what was spoiled in the preview article? I mean, there's that pitchfork that you can throw. And then mm. pick up and, and it attaches to a location. Deal a ton of damage to uh, to enemies that way. There's baseball bat. There's chainsaw. I think what comes on later. 
There's the sledgehammer as well. So Hank can definitely uh, deal dish out a lot of punishment without having to dip into uh, dip into the guardian uh, weapons. I am a little disappointed that he can't take the uh, the boxing gloves, but that's just primarily because his uh, signature card shows him in a boxing pose, and so it seems like that mm-hmm. would be fitting and. Of course, boxing gloves works very well with the spirit cards. Man from Lang, he can't wear boxing gloves because he is a bare knuckle fighter, my friend. Look at his boxing stance. So he can't take brass knuckles either. Oh, bare knuckle fighter. Well, but you oh, could legally. pick up that uh, that neutral card to get to uh, to get uh, boxing gloves into the deck if you wanted to. Which might actually be worthwhile because it does allow you to pull spirit cards. So if you have enough spirit cards in your deck, it might be worthwhile increasing your deck size slightly to uh, to wedge a couple copies of boxing gloves in there. So you can mm-hmm. both uh, fight a little bit better and then uh, search for those uh, spirit cards that you need to uh, to dish out more damage. One thing to think about, his deck size is already bigger than the average, right? Because mm-hmm. it's 35. I so think that can... might be because of his draw, his draw ability on the one side. Probably, yeah. So mm-hmm. he can draw through his deck a little bit easier than than most survivors can, mm-hmm. where draw is a little bit weaker. I'm looking through the survivor cards now. Perseverance is a card I would consider in Hank, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good card. Be able to cancel that damage and horror that's about to kill you. Precious memento, composures. Even you might consider something like plucky in Hank. For one, the stat boost, and two, that extra bit of soak that you can put on something else before you have to deal it to Hank. That might be useful. Protective gear, even if you wanted to go like really ham into that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, there's so many routes you can take with him. On the one flip side, I mean, you can. You can go to take deliberate damage or deliberate horror or damage to draw cards. There's just so many ways to build them. I really, I really like investigators that have so many open options mm. and still be effective. So, on a scale of one elder sign to five elder signs, one being least, five being most, of course. How many elder signs are you looking forward to playing, Hank Simpson? I, I'm thinking like four. He looks really cool. Seems fun. I I go with four as well. I think uh, I'll say five. Wah! Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that you have two different options to play, you're sort of getting two investigators in one with him, and you can explore quite a few different builds, even just with Hank. I would say four myself. I was going to say four before you say anything. So I'm surprised that we're all on a four to five elder sign uh level here now the preview article for uh for hank uh, Sampson also spoiled his signature cards we'll just uh, take a look at them briefly here his uh, signature asset or his signature event is uh, stout-hearted to cost event with a willpower combat and wild skill icon so you can potentially get two willpower or two combat, depending on what you need. It has the spirit trait, which again is why I thought he might be able to play the boxing gloves, because then you could fish this out of your deck, which would be awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Hang Samson deck only fast play when you engage a non-elite enemy move up to two damage and or horror from Hank Samson to an enemy to that enemy as damage. So here's Hank's way to heal basically uh, once per game. If you can draw this, you can move a little bit of damage and or horror. You're not going to get to play this often, but you know, two damage and or horror is uh, isn't yeah. bad with that card. So my my thoughts on it are, you may get one use out of it throughout the entire campaign. I think I'm I'm not yeah. being hyperbolic here because you have to have the two resources at the time when you need it. You have to have it in hand or draw it at the right time. You have to use it at the moment you engage the enemy. The enemy cannot be elite. And you need to at least have those two damage or horror. I mean, you you can have one if you want, but why waste this on one damage or horror? So you're, you're going to be on a flip side. So you have a very small window there of damage or horror that you're going to want to move. You have to have the two resources. You have to do it only when you engage that enemy. So you could be fighting that enemy, draw the card on your turn while you're already in the middle of fighting them. Too late. It's going to make it difficult to make this card as useful. It's definitely a necessity in, in Hank once he flips because it's one of the few ways he can get rid of damage or horror, but th- there's so many like constraints to using it that it's. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be like a once per campaign use. I, I see where you're getting at, um, and I do largely agree, but there are situations where you could, say, evade an enemy... And then during enemy phase, it re-engages you and you play stout-hearted then. I could see you doing something like that. But but yeah, by and large, I, I would agree with you, Vase. The, the conditions that you need to meet for this card are difficult at times. It but... also prevents um, like Dark Horse decks. Like I was thinking like initially Dark Horse would be great for the balanced stat line version, the mm-hmm. warden stat line. But come to think of it, like... You need the two resources. Two, two is a lot to pay for this, right? So if you're playing Dark Horse, you're not playing this card. Mm-hmm. I wish it cost a little less. Like one resource, it's, I think it still would have been okay and not su- not like a game-breaking card. Yeah, it, it does It does at least have good icons on it, so you can commit it to a skill test should you need to. I mean, it's not the ideal use for a, for a card like this, but, you know, hey, you take what you can get. I would uh, like to point out to those who claimed that uh, Hank is a bare knuckle fighter. He is clearly wearing gloves in this, in his art. Mm-hmm. So, those are for <laughs> um, for like doing the farm work. Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. He is definitely wearing gloves. <laughs> so why can't he wear boxing gloves and use a pitchfork? I don't see why that's not possible. So what about his signature weakness? Hank's signature weakness is Where's Paw? It has the uh, flaw trait. Revelation, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until an enemy is discarded. Attach Where's Paw to that enemy and spawn it at a connecting location, if able. Attached enemy gains elusive. Forced at the end of the round, Hank Samson takes one direct horror. Now, has the elusive uh, keyword been spoiled? I don't believe so. So, we don't know what elusive does. Elusive has been used in other uh, Arkham Files games. Typically, it's like something you would 
it wouldn't engage. I sort of believe it may be like the enemy spawns and then Hank will actually have to move to that enemy and take an action to engage it. It just mm-hmm. won't engage him automatically, which would make yeah. sense because that would sort of add up to two actions worth of effort for Hank, mm-hmm. which is generally what basic weaknesses or signature weaknesses cost is two actions. Now this if one, remember, if you're playing, which is at the, if you're playing fighting Hank, man, oh man, you're going to need to deal with this fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you are in yeah. deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I think this weakness alone might have you reconsider mid-game which mm-hmm. resolute form you take. Because it's like, if yeah. you can't deal with the yeah. enemy, you might be like, ah, oh, crap, like, I, I have to go yeah. into the other... I have to go into the assistant form so that I survive long enough. Yeah, I mean, the elusive keyword is the key here. Knowing what that does is going to make this a really, really bad treachery or somewhat bad. It's still bad regardless. But mm-hmm. say say you're Hank and you're, it's your second action and you drew a card somehow. Whether, you know, a card gave you a card or something sure. and you draw this. Now you're almost out of actions or you're, let's say it's your third action. You are taking one direct horror already. And depending on what this elusive thing does, what if the elusive makes the enemy move one location away from you as well? Brutal, because you're guaranteed to take two. You're not going to kill this thing in the next round. It, that could be a very, very brutal card to get <laughs> once you flip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And plus, it's Hank so- has so little sanity for the most part. It's like you could draw this, take a direct horror, draw an auto fail. Oh, you're dead. Yeah, it's it could be really, really bad. So definitely brutal the fact that it's direct i mean this might be too harsh and again it depends on what elusive is going to be quick note about the artwork it is fantastic it is probably my second favorite artwork in arkham horror wow really i mean i think it really portrays just the despair that he has by seeing what's happening here and just seeing the you know whatever's behind this obstruction (laughs) i mean it's really really cool Uh, and the angle too adds to like the impact of it like Mm. just a slight angle that that it was drawn or the illustration is the point of view is it's great it it just it's so good and then he dropped his his hammer there next to him like Mm -hmm. just you could see what happened like he see he saw what he's seeing drops and just runs and puts his hands on his face in absolute horror and despair it's great it speaks volumes i love it so good it's uh, really going to depend on uh, what that elusive keyword does but i hank uh, does have access to get over here which uh, just as a reminder you can engage fight choose a non-elite enemy at your location or a connecting location move that enemy to your location engage it and attack it depending what elusive does get over here might be hank's best friend i think to... he also gets access to a uh, righteous smite or um, Righteous Hunt or whatever that card is, the, like, blessed version of that card where you, like, can tag an enemy and move to its location and engage it. So he gets a lot of options to help him deal with this weakness. And thankfully, it plays into his natural ability in combat. Whereas some some investigator weaknesses just completely screw you over. As a uh, solo player who uh, has a preference for the uh, six sanity Hank, this one... Uh... This one doesn't feel quite as bad, especially if since you can, if you're playing with Peter Sylvester to heal horror, you can 
And then if you can get an Elder Sign, even if you do take Direct Horror from this, you can potentially move it around a little bit. And mm-hmm. and Hank's signature event does help here as well. Like if you, you can move Horror to enemies as well. So if you do get unlucky and say have to take a, a couple of Direct Horror and you're near death, then you can uh, move that Horror off Hank to an enemy. It is... Uh, I should note that Get Over Here only works on non-elite enemies, so depending on what Elusive does, if you draw an elite enemy off the top of the discard, man, that would be uh, frustrating to say the least, because then suddenly it's like, oh, I had this plan to deal with the enemy, and now it doesn't work. But uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what Elusive does before uh, we can actually say just how how bad uh, Where His Paw is. You're not going to have... I mean, the other option is, of course, you wait until Where's Paw has popped before you flip. I mean, that might be best case. Like, you draw this early in the game. You take a bunch of direct horror. Okay, I die, I flip. I deal with the enemy before, you know, after that sort of thing. So that, I think, wouldn't be too bad. But, yeah, getting this late game where... You may not necessarily have the time to go be chasing enemies around. That's going to do it for this episode of the Great Old Ones Gaming Podcast. A big thank you once again to Fantasy Flight Games for providing us these cards to spoil to all of you. You can find the images on our Discord server as well as on our website, which will be linked in the show notes of this episode. If you like the show and you want to support what we do, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash thegreatoldonesgaming. That link will also be in the show notes of this episode. We'd very much appreciate any support you'd be willing to provide. But with that, I've been your host, Nate, and with me today... I am the man from Ling, host of the Whisper in Darkness YouTube channel. I'm Innkeeper Vaisodin from the Twisted Tentacle Inn. Hey, and I'm Nathan, coming at you live. And we will see you all next time.